Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. skies you've ever seen. What a glorious sunrise today. Fantastic weather. And this is the time of year that, uh, you know, we really enjoy being outdoors when we have a little hurricane come up the alley. All right, it doesn't happen that often, but it's sure been nice. And, you know, the rainfall's been real varied around the state, even down in Yuma County, places with no rain and other places we, we have down in uh, Pinal County. We got three inches, so you just don't know. It's the, the hurricane monsoon kind of season, but the clouds couldn't be any prettier. If you haven't been outdoors this morning, uh, Get up, take the coffee, and walk outside. It's really beautiful. Anyway, happy Sunday. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have Shira here on Phones and Music. You can give her a call at 602-260-5827. We're you know, here this beautiful morning, and uh, we're coming into the fall season. It's feeling a little bit more like it with this uh, cooler kind of weather we're having. A little tropical, actually. Really nice out there. But uh, now is a great time to get that garden started and going, you know, till a little bit of earth. Great time to fertilize if you're going to prune those hardy tropicals back. If you want your bougainvilleas to bloom in uh, December, now's the time to prune them. Whatever your dreams are for that perfect garden or maybe your nightmares, give us a call. 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Take our first caller this morning, Mark and Chandler. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Two questions. They're both about the roots of my relatively new orange tree. Planted, it was a 15-gallon. Planted it about two years ago. It's doing wonderful. Uh, last year had lots of blooms, but you know, since it's new, only two oranges came through, and it looks like I'll have those two. But on the roots, two things. Um, coming off from the base, I don't know if the earth settled or if more of them grew. I have a couple that are about three inches off the ground and then going into the earth. Should I put a little mound of earth around those? Yeah, that, 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 those that, that wouldn't hurt at all. It would be unusual for them to be up that high, you know, here in the desert. But um, it wouldn't hurt just to cover them. And about three feet out, which seems to be about the uh, canopy also, maybe two feet, I've got some ground roots um, I do the once-a-week watering. It's deep. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple stragglers that are seem to be up by the surface. Should I cover those? Or if I cut them, is that going to kill or hurt the tree? Uh, no, it won't hurt the or tree. Should. No, you can cut them. But there's not really a reason to cut them. It sounds like uh, maybe your soil that it was growing in or maybe it was planted with a lot of mulch and it just shrunk and decomposed. I would just add it, it back. I would just add it back in on top, some more soil and the whole thing, and I think you'll be fine. So cover both. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Have a nice weekend. Happy Sunday. Bye-bye. Mary and Mesa. Good morning, Mary. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. And you? All right. Yes. It's a cool morning. (laughs) It's beautiful outside. The clouds are as pretty as they get. And the sunrise, whoa. Yeah. Sure enough. Nice to have this kind of weather. So what's up, kiddo? Well, um... Uh, Saturday night when we had the storm uh, here in Mesa, and um, 
my asbestia, the oleander tree, I guess it's uh, otherwise known as, mm-hmm. uh, that's in storm damage. Okay. And uh, it was, pre- yeah, it was uh, pretty dense, and I was going to be getting it trimmed, and unfortunately I did not. About a third of the tree uh, limbs are uh, hanging down uh, on the ground, and I'm wondering what to do, whether... Um, I you mean, know, really, I know uh, I get- Mary, with the Thavisha this time, you're just butchering. You know, it's kind of like I was talking earlier about tropicals, you know, and things like bougainvilleas and different things. And, you know, Thavisha is just more of a bush than it is a tree anyway. But if you'll prune it and mm. shape it and reform it, just take off everything that's misshapen uh, and stand back. It, it'll grow really fast. If you want it to grow back faster, feed it a little bit. Okay, okay. Do I need an, uh, an arborist? Or no, no, no. Know, you, know. Just, you need a pair of pruners or a saw. You can't hurt it. Oh. <laughs> the vases oh, okay. are, are kind of like oleanders. I mean, they're not really oleanders, but they're like oleanders in the sense that, you know, no matter how you prune them, they're going to recover and balance back out. But, you know, just be mindful when you're pruning things while you're pruning it. So if you're taking off a branch that's leaning down, you know, if you'll leave a bud or a little shoot coming up so it's going to re- replace itself, it'll make a lot nicer form that way. And, uh, you know, grab a cup of coffee and get a saw and have at it. <laughs> okay. It's a pretty morning. Right. It's a good time to do it. Okay, sounds great. Well, listen, thanks so much for your advice. Have a nice day, Mary. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Katie up at Chino Valley. But after Katie, we've got wide open phones, and we have... Shira back here, just waiting for your call. You could just see the look. She's she's digging through the music and, and having fun back there. But give her a call. 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Good morning, Katie and Chino. Good morning. Um, yes, I have a question. In zone 7, they say up here. I've only been gardening for a couple years now. <laughs> I use melorganite. Uh-huh. I would like to fertilize but I'm worried if I feed everything. I have I have two and a half acres. We've planted the whole thing with evergreens and fruit trees, mm-hmm. deciduous trees. What can I feed? I, I'm afraid they'll start you can, getting you, new growth you and can then feed freeze. it all. You know the the great freeze there was December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one, and we had a little uh-huh. farm there in Chino Valley. It actually was the pine tree farm when there was a railroad track there on Perkinsville Road. And it was 15 oh. below zero three days in a row, okay? It's, oh, my god! So if you can imagine 15 below zero in Chino Valley. And even with that freeze, even at three days in a row, the pine trees are still there. So, you know, wow. really, you're not going to hurt anything by feeding it now. Typically, you know, we're going to feed more things going into the, you know, into the, and out, coming out of the winter into the, you know, spring. But here's uh-huh. the thing. If you're feeding things now in a lot of plants, anything deciduous is going to bring down and store energy in the roots. And that, that's going to be good. When you use a product like melargonite, it takes a time for it to build up the soil anyway. So what you're feeding with now will be used some in the fall and some in the spring. So while it might have been better to feed last month, I wouldn't be afraid of feeding in Chino Valley right now on, you know, normal plants. So all the evergreen trees will be fine. You know, all deciduous uh-huh. trees would be fine. Um, you How know, about the fruit trees, well, the, the peaches, fruit, the plums. The peaches and apples. plums are great. You know, they're, they're not going to benefit as much now because you've got about another, oh, probably six weeks for them to grow before you have a freeze, you know, when they're going to drop all their you know leaves. Um, right. But when you're using something like melargonite, it goes into the soil slowly. It's organic nitrogen, and it builds the soil anyway. So the fact that you're thinking about it is going to help you, you know, get it in and build the soil.
soil. Now, if you fertilize right now or if you did it in January, it's probably not going to make as much difference. But it does give the fertilizer a chance to get down in the soil. And uh, so I don't think it'd be a bad idea. Oh, good. That's what I wanted to do. We're trying to build soil. It's awful. And the berries, the the blackberries and everything that are blooming, it won't cause them to have too much of a a fresh growth when we get a a snap of of frost in October. Well, that's not going to hurt them. You know, that, that's black, no. blackberries grow through freezes. You know, they grow at all kinds of cold elevations. Not a problem at all. Terrific. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to go out and feed and listen to you on the radio. Have thank fun. you. Thanks, Have Katie. a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got uh, wide open phones, actually. it's. Uh, I, mean, I, think, I think everybody's enjoying this beautiful morning. We're looking out here at the mountains, you know, bouncing around clouds over the top here in Sunny Slope. And uh, it couldn't be any more beautiful, folks. If you haven't been outside, the air is crystal clear. The clouds are to die for. And we're here on just a lovely Sunday morning. Um so you can give us a call during the break at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses see something pretty. Um, it doesn't matter which part of the valley you come from, where you go to. In fact, southern Arizona is just gorgeous right now. We've had enough rain everywhere and enough rain recently that there's no dust. So if you want to go for a walk, uh, this is a beautiful morning to do so. Anyway, we'll get right back to the phones. We do have two lines still available. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Dominic and Chandler. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. My question is about why doesn't fruit ripen? I love peaches, nectarines, can't buy a a ripe one. They're all hard. You mean in the store, it's pretty difficult. And the reason why is because, uh, you know, transportation and handling and those kind of things are are difficult. You know, I'd recommend you plant some in your garden. You can grow wonderful peaches here. (laughs) Nectarines, not so well. But uh, peaches, you can do as well as anywhere. Our peaches locally ripen early. You know, so most of our peaches that we're going to have in in the valley are going to ripen somewhere between 
May and, and June. But um, it's difficult well, to buy good stone fruits. And well, it's difficult to buy good stone fruits in the store. You know, there there's there's a group uh, that brings a bunch of them in out of Utah uh, once a year. You know, and it's funny the same people take our citrus up north uh, back to Colorado in the, in the season. You know, when it's ripe here, and uh-huh. uh, and citrus is a little easier than stone fruits because you know citrus will be you know ripe and good of the trees. Some varieties for you know three and four and five months where you know when a peach is ripe it's ripe and it's only got so long to be good but uh well i know but it's like they uh spray it not to ripen well no what dominic a lot of that fruit would would harvest and be really good but the problem is is it you know doesn't ship and handle as easily that way and so i'm with you it's really hard to find a really good stone fruit you know in the store you'll find uh you know farmers markets and things around town you know in season which is may and june you'll find you might find some pears and things at farmers markets here in the fall that would be good but um you know as far as the plums and peaches and apricots you know the season's pretty much over here in the valley um i don't know i don't think you're going to find a good one at a farmer's market this time of year unless you're finding people that are bringing them in out of different states with colder climate well they say if you put them in a paper bag for a couple of days it hastens it Ripen. Well, you know, we, we you can ripen different things that way. You know, you can gas like lemons. And a good example from our standpoint, Dominic, is the lemons in the store right now. Actually, right now, the lemons in the store are pretty much uh, District 2 or Central Valley, California carryovers. So they're really quite good. Um, but they're starting to harvest lemons here now. And if you go out in your yard and look at a lemon, it's dark green. And even though we can put them in with ethylene gas and gas them or the way they gas bananas, you can gas them. Um they they're not like bananas. They don't get any more sugar as they ripen, and and very few things do. You know, you can put apples in with different things and and get some ethylene gas that way. But uh, and apples are something that are so popular because they store for a year. But you know, peaches, plums, apricots, those type of things, uh, they have to be picked when the sugar's good, and um, sometimes it's difficult for stores to stock them. Will they ever get hard, a soft rather? No, if you pick if you pick a peach, they'll get soft, but they're not going. The sugar's not going to go back, go up. Oh, right. So if you pick, if you if you pick a hard one in the store, you know you picked a hard one in the store. It's not going to the sugar's not going to go up like it would. It's not going to change like a banana changes. Well, sometimes when you cut them in half, the inside is darker than the flesh. Well, there's a lot of varieties that way. I mean, there's a lot oh, of different colors to the stone fruits and the varieties, but um, no, they really don't ripen much off the tree. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dominic. Bye-bye. Uh, Terry in Surprise. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Did you? Good. My question is, I'm thinking about planting some uh, Italian cypress in my yard. Do they do well in the desert? Um, they'll do okay if you, if you space them out. If you want to grow them as a screen, no, they don't really do very well. They get loaded with spider mites. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just- do they require a lot of water? No, but the problem is they require air and they like rain to wash the spider. Are you thinking about planting them as a screen? Yeah, kind of, like just along a block wall. Okay, I wouldn't recommend them, Terry. 
be honest with you. I mean, okay. the, you, you know, if you drive around town, you don't see a lot of Italian cypress and screens that with any age to them at all. And the reason why yeah. you don't is because they require a lot of care. You have to wash them off to wash off the spider mites, and they just like airflow. If you want to plant one out in your yard and grow it up, you know, as a big one, or, or space them out 15, 20 feet apart, that's a different story. But when you plant them as a screen, uh, they don't perform very well. There's a lot of other nice screens you can do. I mean, you can use, you know, like citrus, like sour oranges work very well. You know, you can use, um, even we have an olive tree that's like a hedging olive tree you could trim that way and keep those kind of uh-huh. in a cone if you want to. And then there's a lot of screens like hop seeds and different things. A lot of plants are used for screens. Ficus trees are used a lot. But um, really, I wouldn't recommend Italian cypress. Okay, well, you'll, thank you'll you. See, you'll see them in L.A., you'll see them in Nevada, but you, you'll see a few like that in Tucson that do okay. But here in the desert, you know, in Phoenix, we just get too many spider mites and have too much problem. I see. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Uh, Lucy in Phoenix. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning, Brian. I have a spoken bee. It's called a torch glow. Mm-hmm. Does that prune the same way that you would... Uh, cut down or prune a, a regular bougainvillea? Well, Lucy, I like not to. I mean, I think that the unique form that the torch glow grows, you know, gives it the opportunity to grow into this almost like acateo form plant. Now, if you're going to let it grow that way, it's going to get large over time. I mean, you're talking 10, 12 feet or more, but it makes a beautiful plant if you can let it grow up unpruned and take advantage of its natural form. And as it grows up, kind of the spires that come off the center, it can make a really beautiful plant. Now you see an awful lot of them hedged and trimmed, but then they just become a dense bush. Well, would it still bloom the same way that if it had been pruned? Well, if you, if you prune it, you know, you can let it grow out of that, and it'll still bloom. And it's like other bougainvilleas. When you prune it back, it's going to bloom on the new bracts and the new foliage. So that's where it's going to bloom more. But um, you know, if you've got room, let it grow. Okay, I could just maybe trim it around the the lower edges so it looks more like an acacia. That's the perfect. That's really the way I like to prune them the best, Lucy, is if you prune them with like an acacia form. So thin out the side branches a little bit, you know, keep them in kind of a vase form, which they're going to try and grow naturally and just let them go. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Have fun. Thank you, Lucy. Bye bye. Uh, Brian and Gilbert. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? <laughs> Pretty fair. How are you? Pretty good. Great name. Hey, <laughs> my daughter has uh, uh, about a three-year-old uh, bonita ash tree, and it's about eight feet tall, very vibrant green. But they just recently had uh, sprayed for scorpions and ants commercially, and now the leaves have changed colors. So we think it may have... The whatever they were spraying uh, harmed the plant. So we've been soaking it, but is there anything else we can do? Uh, you can feed it this time of year, Brian. Um, unfortunately, they might have had some herbicide, you know, in their spray rig that they were spraying for uh. the 
And then if there's a company that sprayed for both, uh, I would ask the, the company that sprayed what they sprayed with. Most pesticides, you know, aren't going to bother it that way. But if they okay. happen to have some herbicide residual or something in their tank, uh, that would have a lot more of an effect. But at any rate, this is a good time to go ahead and fertilize it. So you can go ahead okay. and fertilize it right now, and it should pop out with some new growth. And they'll grow pretty well through the end of uh, October into mid-November, and then they kind of slow down. But, you know, now would be a good time sometime in the next couple of weeks to go ahead and feed it. Okay. Well, maybe it's just hopefully that time of year, and it's just coincidence that she's losing its color. But, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and get uh, – what kind of fertilizer should I use? You know, you could use like a citrus food to work well or just a 10-10-10. Okay. You know, any any of those would be fine. Even like 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer in moderation yep. would work really well. Okay. And, uh, and- yeah, no Yeah, I think we've been using – we've always used what you reckon, the citrus food on most of our plants. So yeah, and the citrus we got plenty food, of that. Yeah, it'll work fine. You know, flood it out one time. Just put a hose on, let it run overnight, leach everything out, and then come back and feed it. Okay. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Oh, let's see. Bob in Sun City, then Timothy and Chandler. Then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Bob. Hi, good morning. I have a uh, baby lime tree I planted about three years ago. Uh, It's doing very well. It's doubled in size. It's starting to fill out. I have a few questions regarding it. Uh, When I planted it originally, there was only one trunk coming out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And now a second main is coming off the first one below ground. And now I have like two large one-inch diameter trunks coming out of it. Okay, so those are um, going to be rootstock, yeah, Bob? The, the secondary trunk you have is actually a piece of rootstock that's come up from the ground. You have to sever that. Take that off. That's not going to produce Do I? limes. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Because uh, that, that, uh, that branch is growing very well, and there's a lot of branches coming off of that uh-huh. one. Well, that's the rootstock. That's why it was grafted so, onto that variety. It's probably a macrophylla rootstock, and it will grow faster than the lime tree, but unfortunately, it won't have limes. Okay, it's, uh, okay good. Thank you for that. Secondly, uh, I have, there's a, um, I would say that the tree splits about uh, three or four inches off the ground. The split is about, it's, it's pretty wide. The tree is about one inch in diameter now. And um, it's about a three-inch split, about four inches off the ground. Okay, so every everything, and, everything you know, it was grafted, right? So imagine it was grown from a seed, then somebody put a graft into it, and that graft's probably about anywhere from three to six inches off the ground, and then above that, it's a lime tree. Below that, it's a rootstock. So everything in the bottom ten inches, you need to cut off. Okay. And, and then what would uh, be the good, Bob, is to wrap, well, you're only going to find one, and you need to find the original one. And it might be that some of these suckers have grown up faster and bigger and more vigorous than the little one did. And it might be that you're growing something that's not, have you had any limes on it? It's about three years old now, no limes yet. Okay, you should have limes the first year you yeah. plant them. Really? Yeah, so you may be just growing a rootstock tree. Oh, it is. It is about five feet tall now, about four to five feet tall, mm-hmm. and it's starting to fill up, and uh, no lines yet. Okay, Nothing. so does it have a lot of small thorns on it? Yes. Okay, that's a good sign. 
And uh, but it's, it's hard to tell the, the lime leaves from the lemon leaves. But um, at any rate, if it's if it's branching out with more than one branch in the bottom ten inches, everything except for the one original branch is going to be rootstock. Okay. Unless well, unless, unless you buy one that happened to be cut and grown, which would be unusual, but so many small trees are being sold now, you don't you really know what you're going to get. So, I mean, it could be okay. that it was grown by cutting, but that's pretty unusual, but it could be. Um, but for the most okay. part, you know, any, when you plant a, a citrus tree, they're going to be grafted. So everything, you know, you got to be like 10 to 15 inches, 18 inches, you know, above the ground. Not let anything else come off the original trunk because that's not going to produce fruit. Unless you just want to grow okay. it as a nice shrub. I have... No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a couple of branches that are two feet above the rest of the uh, tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife was saying something about those are leader branches, and you, can't, you should not trim those. Well, you need to let the tree grow and get some size to it. So you, once again, you need to track it down to the middle of the original tree, okay? And then your wife's kind of correct. You want to let something vertical come out of the middle stalk, okay? And grill that up and shape it into a tree, and that's where you're going to get fruit. But, um, you know, three years old, I'm, I'm kind of guessing, Bob, you might just be growing a rootstock. Oh, not good. No, it's so not how many good. more years should I give it? Well, I'll tell you what. Send us a picture to the website. We'll see if we can tell, okay? Appreciate the call. We're going to... Oh, there she is. Heidi's here. Heidi's here with the news. We'll be back with the show after the news. In the interim, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, and we'll find out what's happened in the world from Miss Heidi. Almost heaven, West Virginia. place on the planet this morning. I don't I don't think you can go outdoors anywhere in this earth and see any place prettier than Phoenix is today. These clouds and mountains and the shadows and uh, the greening of the desert, really a special time here. Anyway, we've got three lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, give sure a call, and uh, we can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, especially if you're growing something different or have an idea for us. We're all here to learn. 
Uh, Timothy and Chandler, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, I've got a couple of things. Did, did I hear it right last week that you can actually spread gypsum across turf and then water it in without having to dig it in? Absolutely. Yeah, gypsum is somewhat soluble, and it's uh, you know it's not a problem doing that. It can be water run, all different kinds of things. There's granular and, and uh, there's powdered gypsum, but either one will be soluble. You can spread either one in your lawn, and it will break down and go in the soil. Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole lot easier than trying to till it in. Um, and then the, the second thing, or actually the main thing that I was calling about is uh, regarding a passion fruit vine. Mm-hmm. Um, I had bought the kind, and I can't remember the name, I'm purple, something or another, but they're supposed to be producing fruit uh, so that I can have the lily koi. Um, but I'm getting no flower. I got a few flowers early on in the spring and no fruit. And I haven't had a flower probably since April. Well, that's well. It should it should have been flowering through the end of May, you know, and that's about when they stop flowering. So, and then it gets okay. so hot here in the summer, they don't usually flower much. And you'll probably get some more blooms in October when the weather changes. But okay. um, is there any way to tell? By the flower or any of that, whether it's the kind that will produce fruit or not. Yeah, it the, is not there. there there's definitely, yeah, you can definitely tell the varieties by the flower. Okay, so once you get a bloom on it, you know, and there, there's a lot of different lavenders and some reds and some deeper purple varieties, but you you can look them up by the flower and tell what they are. Okay, good. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, Sandra and Yuma. Hello, Sandra. Hi. How are you today? Wonderful. And you? Good. I have a question. I am from the Virgin Islands, and I have cashew nuts because cashews grow in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Does the dry climate of Arizona, would that work for cashews? Do you know? You know, I've never tried, you know, but there's only one way to find out. Is to, is to grow one, you know, and and see what happens. Right. You know, we have a tree okay. in our backyard that's uh, called a jamblin plum. That's a tropical tree you don't see in Arizona that has okay. done quite well. So a lot of tropical things, you know, can do pretty well. And the nice part about Phoenix and then Yuma County is we have areas that are pretty frost-free. And by being frost-free, we're able to grow a lot more tropical plants. And so you'd have okay. a better chance in Yuma than probably any place in the United States other than maybe San Diego. Okay. Well, I have plenty of the nuts from the fruits that I uh, harvested while I was in St. Thomas. So I'm going to have fun. Well, Sandra, you're just going to have to let us know how it works. All right. I will. If you want to text me because you guys have my number uh, and address, I'll send you a couple of them in the mail. You can buy it, too. <laughs> you know, I, I don't actually have your number, but uh, we're at Whitfield Nursery. Oh, if you okay. send them to our Southern Avenue store, they come right to us. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Ed and Tempe. Good morning, Ed. Hey, Brian. Uh, Brian, this is rather embarrassing. Uh, when the the Vika, which takes full sun, I bought them when they first arrived. And you know something? I lost every one of them. Like They're in a pot. Uh, actually, in pots. Was this a phenomenon this year by that early uh, summer just hit me? And, no, uh, you know, the summer is not what hurt the vinca, Ed. It's probably fungus. And uh, vinca are very susceptible to phytophthora or soil fungus. And if you get a fungus in them, it can just be lethal. Uh, you know, you could have treated them with, like, the Monterey disease control, but you have to do that right away when the first ones start to collapse. And uh, But it's... 
pretty common for Vinca to have fungus, and when they get a fungus, they go. Well, well Brian, you know, I I panic and added more water and basically turned into a petri dish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, water is not... Well, you know, the, the hard part with plants when they have Phytophthora and some of these funguses, their roots die, and so they look like they're, you know, they actually do wilt because they can't take up the water, but you have to arrest the fungus before they can generate new roots, and, you know, oftentimes we see something a little droopy and sad, the first, you know, response is to water, which isn't yeah. always beneficial. Okay, uh, I'm going to try it again then. All righty. I could. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Jesse, then Grace, then they could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Let's see, Jesse. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great, Jesse. Um, I have a blue hibiscus that is probably getting up like 15, 18 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, I... It's got the blooms at the top. Well, not right now, but it usually blooms at the top. And I don't really want to cut it because I'm afraid I'll lose those blooms. Well, if I cut it, will it still grow back? It will definitely grow back. You know, and some, some, okay sometime cut? over, yeah, sometime, probably not right now, but probably in about a week or two, just as it starts to break the weather for sure. You know, the days are progressively okay. getting shorter. And uh, the nice okay. part about pruning at this time of year is you've got the whole month of October and half of November for it to grow back and fill in. And with the blue hibiscus, okay. part of their best blooming season can be, you know, in the fall. So you'd want to probably right. go ahead and, pr- you know, prune it, I would say, in about a week or two. Okay. Okay. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Grace and Chandler. Hi, Grace. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I've been wanting to call for months, but haven't had the courage. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're uh, glad so you had the courage this morning, Grace. <laughs> so I live on Dobson and Warner. I have mostly clay soil. I have an orange tree. I think it's an Arizona sweet. Um It is on a drip line that has three emitters that are two and a half gallons per hour. Uh, It has been in the ground for about two years. It is almost four feet high and almost six feet wide. After the call that you had uh, a few guys ago Uh where you were telling him he's probably growing rootstock, Uh I went out and I looked at my tree and the bottom three branches, which go out the farthest, Uh don't have any fruit on them at all. So I'm wondering if those are rootstock uh, branches. But my main call is how do I trim my tree and when? Okay, so the branches coming out, if it's going to be rootstock, it's going to come from usually the bottom six or eight inches. Anything above, say, a foot, you can be pretty assured is not going to be rootstock. You know, that's going to be above any kind of a graft line you have in the tree. And that should all be, you know, a good portion of your healthy tree. As far as pruning citrus, you can prune them a little bit anytime year round. And especially just for shape. And and orange varieties, they're going to grow, you know, shorter and wider is kind of the norm. And a lot slower if they're on the right rootstock. So they're not going to grow fast and upright like lemons do. But I would keep the branches trimmed so that the the branches aren't touching the ground, but the the limbs can come down and shave the trunk. So somewhere about 18 inches off the ground is where the branches should be pruned to. And then okay. the top portion on orange, you can prune it just a little bit for shape from you know time to time. But on a young okay. tree like that, it shouldn't require a lot of pruning. Unless it yeah. gets kind of misshapen, then you might just tip the end of a branch. 
Okay. Now, when I trim off the lower branches, mm-hmm. how close up to the main stock do I do, do? And is there anything that I need to do to that cut? Well, no, but if there's, here's the thing. If there's, if the branch is coming out, say it's coming out a foot off the ground, you know, it's coming out uh-huh. kind of horizontal, you know, I would yep. probably just trim the ends of that branch off, not take okay. the whole branch off the trunk because it's still okay, protecting good. the trunk and it's still feeding the tree. Yeah, exactly. So we're just exactly. raising it up off the ground just a little bit. And uh, if okay. it, even if it comes close to touching the ground, that's okay. You just don't want it to actually touch the ground. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Grace, thanks for getting up the courage to call. Happy Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines available. We'll have Shira back here smiling. Give her a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. out there in this beauty we have in our desert, but it's also the perfect time to plant citrus trees, palm trees, and desert trees. Take advantage of the heat. This warm weather is just ideal. They'll root faster, they'll grow faster, and you'll get months more growth planting those varieties now versus waiting till the fall. Um, you know, if you're going to plant peaches and apples and roses, now I'd, I'd hang out until September. But if you want to plant a citrus tree, there's no time like now. And at Whitfields, we've been growing citrus since my grandparents started here back in the 40s. From 15 gallons to big 72-inch box trees, we grow all sizes, all kinds of trees, from ashes and elms, pistachios, Swan Hill fruitless olives, beautiful. If you want that tropical look, we've got uh, mule palms look like coconuts. If you want to grow your own food at home, we have wonderful medjool dates. Whatever you your dreams, your passions, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue with East Valley at Cooper, the same as Stapley and Guadalupe 
Parkway or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south, south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see, we got a few lines available, and the number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Daryl and Chandler, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. How are you? Excellent. Uh, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have a house that we planted a front yard with uh, some, I think they were called Little Johns. They're a dense uh, bush. That's a bottle brush. Huh? Red blossom. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Uh, and they've been in about 15 years, and no matter how much fertilizer and nitrogen I throw on them, they're still they're turning yellow. Let's try a little different approach. Let's give them some iron, okay? And there's okay. a product called Alkaliche that's uh, available. It's an iron, and it also uh, acidifies the soil. But that would probably green them quickly. So you could use Alkaliche around them, or you could use some chelated iron and maybe a little sulfur. But I think if you'll uh, get the chlorosis away, how do you water them, Daryl? Well, they're watered uh, uh, every day. Okay, that, that, that's a big problem. And, and the okay. problem is this, is if we put a little bit of water on every day, we're putting on good old well water this time of year with a pH of about 8.2. So we're adding a little bit of salt with a little bit of water every day. And when we add our salt, you know, it goes into the, the soil and it gets wet and that little plant's pulling up that water. But when it's hot in the summertime, it's also pulling up the salt. And that's going to yellow them and hurt them as well. So a 15-year-old plant, you shouldn't be watering any more often than once a week at the most. Probably once well, a very small. They're trimmed down very small. Well, that doesn't As matter. A, they're still got root system and they're 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's okay. there, there's um, really old midgets too. You know, there, there's guys that are you? only there's guys that are only four foot tall that are 70. You know, so it doesn't be size doesn't. <laughs> don't pick on somebody because of their size. You know, in my family, we come from Uncle Damon who's five foot six, and you know, and I have I have a cousin who's six foot seven. So we come in all sizes. But at any rate. You know, the thing is, that little uh, plant got some other, age to it. Uh, Brian, just uh, another question. I've noticed that the same uh, shrubs have been planted in, uh, like, entrances to, in fact, my subdivision. Mm -hmm. And periodically, they just cut them back to, like, six inches over the roots and let them go again. You can prune them back. Well, you know, you can prune them back pretty hard, um, and that's not going to be harmful to them. The best time to do that would be in March or April. But in reality, okay. if you want yours to be happy and if you want to save water and to be efficient, what you want to do is change your irrigation to run once a week. Okay, and take all that time that you're putting in one irrigation right now and combine it. And then after that, if you see that it's staying wet at the end of the week, uh, you could even spread it out further. And I would say by if most of your landscape's that old, you know, by the middle of October, you could be watering once every two weeks. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. But that's going to push the salts away from your plants, Daryl. They're going to be a lot happier. Yeah. Just like we deep water the trees, we've got to get the salt away, huh? Yeah, same thing. And there's and the bottle brush are very hardy, Australian native, tough little plant. And uh, even though they may be short the time they're that old, they're pretty darn tough. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you very Take much. Care. Appreciate bye, it. Bye-bye. Uh, Jorge and Gilbert, good morning, Jorge. Good morning, Brian. How are Hi. you, sir? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, hey, I have a 
question and a concern with my uh, persimmon tree. Mm-hmm. It's a Fuji, and it's been uh, in the ground about four years, and I've been getting some uh, really good fruit, and this year is loaded and actually was growing really nice until about four or five days ago. And I noticed uh, the wilting and uh, getting droopy, and uh, I'm con- about it uh is there anything i can do to or is it normal usually drops the the leaves around yeah but that none of that should be happening yet jorge um i would be a little concerned this time of year if it's getting droopy real fast it might have a fungus problem so what i would probably do is i'd probably drench the soil with monterey disease control and okay. uh, then I would, you know, dig down and check on some of the roots. But if you find the roots are soft and wishy, I would definitely treat with the Monterey disease control. And then it's going to get a little tricky because, you know, we can't, uh, you can't really add more water to it. But a lot of those roots are probably dead. And so they're not going to take mm-hmm. water up. So then I would wrap the tree to protect it because it's not going to have much of a chance to come back out for another few weeks. And uh, okay. so go after what I think is probably the fungus first, protect the tree because it can't protect itself as well. And hopefully it'll pop back out some new growth here in October because, you know, really the, your tree probably normally stays pretty green and lush all the way till December. And for it Correct. to be having an issue right now is not good. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jorge. Appreciate the call. And okay. in this beautiful weather we're having today? It is beautiful. I've been working outside since around 5.30 this morning and... It, it feels great. Well, you know, the sunrise was just unreal. <laughs> you know, just yes. unbelievable. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you. Bye, all right. Uh David in Phoenix. Good morning, David. Good morning. Yes, sir. I have a question regarding um, Bermuda. What is the best way to remove it? Bermuda grass? Well, okay, so you're going to remove it for good. You're just going to take it out. You have a lawn or you have some growing in the garden you want to take out, or where is it growing? It's a lawn. Okay, so the best thing to do is is first be kind to it, okay? So right now we've had, if if you happen to get some rain and, uh, you know, we've had a pretty good season where it's probably growing fairly well, I would skip a mowing. Okay, and let it get some size so that it gets up to where it's, you know, six inch, four, four inches tall. It doesn't have to be six inches. Let it grow four inches tall. Skip a mowing or two. And then I would spray it with glyphosate. And that could be like Roundup is one variety, but it could be any other kind of glyphosate. Okay. And that's a contact herbicide that goes down into the Bermuda grass system and, and kills it. Now, this is a very good time of year to kill Bermuda grass because now's the time in the fall as everything's storing starch. So they're going to take all that roundup right down into the root system pretty quickly after you see it all turn brown come back and mow it okay and you know mow it just scalp it right down to the ground and then you could if you like to take a sod cutter and 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 saw cut the rhizomes and lift it up or you might not have to what what are you planning on doing with the area later david um just um okay so what i would do is i would let it be tall, you know, spray it, and you'll get a great kill on it, you know, and go like the max rate, whatever brand you buy, should be about four ounces per per gallon on the stronger stuff. And a little tr- a trick is you can add a little bit of soap or a spreader sticker and a little bit of fertilizer like miracle Grow when you spray, and it makes it even work better. 
Okay, so if you spray it with the glyphosate and let it die, then come back and scalp it all the way to the ground. And then what I would do is probably wait a week and water it again a couple times. And if you have any other little parts coming back up, just go back and spot spray. But this is the perfect time of year to kill Bermuda grass. It's easier to kill this time than any other time of year. Outstanding. Um, can I ask you a related question? Sure. Um. On rye, can I, if I want to have rye in another tree for the back area, can I plant, if I want to have only rye grass, can I plant it over Bermuda? Absolutely. Okay. So you could, if you, if you wanted to plant rye and just not maintain the, the summer lawn anymore, you can plant right. rye anytime you want to. I mean, you can plant it from now till you know, till the Bermuda turns brown anytime. And then what you'd want to do is keep it pretty healthy, you know, through the end of May or June when it starts to fade. And if you'd like to, you can paint it. So you can leave the rye there. And if it doesn't have much traffic on it, paint it dead for the summer and then replant again in the fall. And you can plant rye as early as you like to in the fall. So you can plant at any time pretty much after August. So anytime you want to plant uh, rye in the fall, you can. All right, David, thanks for the question. Have a nice weekend. It looks like uh, we've got a little music started with Cheryl. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, stay tuned for Heidi Hummel. She's going to get us informed. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.